1: All right, let's do this. The Gary Harris show for Thursday, November 16, thousand twenty three, is on the air. I'm your host, Gary Harris, and uh I have to call Noah Haynes, the hardest working man in broadcasting right now. The kid is up here uh before it's light and goes home when it's dark. So we gotta we gotta Woo. keep you keep you fired up, Noah. Gotta keep your energy level high, man. He's That's been right. uh been doing a lot of shows for us and uh, helping us out he's manning the controls taking your phone calls on the first and Main condos hotline at 205-342-9904 and uh, we got you the next couple of hours here on the big time 100.9 fm and twelve thirty a.m wtbc i'm going to run down the lineup for you here in just a moment but first i need to tell you this hour of the gary harris show is being brought to you as always by alabama credit union i ran into steve Swafford, the uh, cfo last night at billy's we both go to Billy's a lot downtown in Northport, another one of my advertisers. So it works out great. And Steve and I wound up having dinner and chatting and, and man, all the things that are going on at the credit union are, are just unbelievable. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to get by here as soon as I can, uh, maybe today or tomorrow, if not next week and, and uh, rework some money with, uh, with the folks there at the credit union with some of my, my, uh, money and, and because they just do such an amazing job of maximizing your, um, you know your your financial situation uh whatever it is that you want to do they can help you do it i mean i just can't say enough about alabama credit union i mean it's a, a just a next level financial institution why be a customer at a bank where they don't even know your name when you can be the member at alabama credit union they treat you like family that is the truth alabama credit union loans for real life some restrictions do apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money and pull extra change in your pocket. All right, the lineup for today, no Falcons report with do Orlando lead better at ten o'clock. The Falcons are on bye this week and they need to get some stuff worked out while they're on bye. But the coach Ellis Johnson is with us at nine thirty to break down all the SEC football. Love picking his brain every every uh Thursday morning I'm really I'm really blessed to have him as a weekly guest with the experience that he's gotten coaching in this conference at so many different schools as a defensive coordinator has also been a head coach in in division one and uh, love uh, talking with him every Thursday and at ten thirty, my pal Jeff Spiegel sports anchor at ABC 3340 and host of the zone also Nick Saban met with reporters last night following practice First, uh, the final time he meets with the local media before the game on Saturday against Chattanooga. Of course, he'll have his uh, radio show tonight. But uh, Coach Saban meeting with uh, the media on Wednesday evening, senior day, coming up Saturday at bryant city Stadium. So we'll hear from the coach as well. As always, your phone calls are welcome on the first and main condos hotline at 205-342-9904. We would love to hear from you and uh, always talk some ball with our great listeners here on the program. All right, kind of uh, just an overview of, of topics that uh, a lot of people are talking about and we're talking about here on our show as well. Of course, obviously, Alabama. I was on another show. I'm on a show out of Memphis every Thursday before I do my show and all uh, a lot of discussion about will Alabama make the college football playoff if the tide uh, runs the table, is there any chance that they'll be left out? <clears throat> A lot of people say that there is, and I understand that the way the rankings are right now with Alabama at number eight and seven teams ahead of them, and you got to be in the top four to get to the playoff. I understand. I- I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not blind. I-, I see where they're at. Um, I am still, though, going to stick by my, um, belief. That if Alabama is fortunate enough to run the table, I mean that's not a given. I mean, after Chattanooga this week, you got to go to Auburn, play uh, the Tigers in in Jordan hare for the Iron Bowl, and you've got to then if you win that one, uh, you go to Georgia, you going to Atlanta, play for the SEC title either way. But if you beat Auburn, uh, then you got to beat Georgia in Atlanta. So it's not a given that Alabama is going to finish out twelve and one. But if the tide is twelve and one, nine and zero in the SEC, beats. Number one ranked Georgia that will be on more than likely a 29-game winning streak. I just don't think Alabama's going to be left out, regardless of what it looks like right now and what has to happen. I think they'll be in. So that's my belief. At the same time, Alabama's got football to play, beginning this Saturday against Chattanooga, and then obviously next week, as we've talked about, You know, the Iron Bowl has become one of these games now in the last 13, 14 years where if it's in Tuscaloosa, I, I just think most people just, you know, even Auburn fans just just write it off. Uh, you know it's going to be a big Alabama win. It's not going to be a close game. It's going to be a one sided game. But when it's at Auburn at Jordan Hare, Auburn fans the the mentality is completely different. You know you got to come into our 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 lair. You got to come into the jungle. You got to come into Jordan Hare. Uh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. And strange things happen uh, to Alabama when they play Auburn at Jordan Hare, and that is the truth. It, it does, and Alabama's had some great wins there too. It's not like they don't win there. You know, going back to 1989, I can run it. I can run through every one of them for you, and and will real quick. Uh, 1989, the first time the Iron Bowl was ever played at Jordan Hare, Alabama was 10 and 0. They were ranked number two in the country. They had a really good offense with um, Homer Smith as the offensive coordinator. Bill Curry was the head coach. Auburn beat them 30 to 20 and wore them down. And Alabama missed some opportunities in that game. And in 1993, the 91, they played it over at. Um, at uh, at uh, Legion Field, but in '93 it went back to Jordan Hare. Uh, Alabama again was coming off the national championship. Auburn was unbeaten. I I thought Alabama had a better football team. Uh, they were up. I want to say some weird score, like fourteen to five or something in the in the third quarter, and Chris Anderson broke off a long run for a touchdown. I think pretty much would have put the game away, but um, there was a holding call. Came back and we know on 4th and 10, after Stan White got hit, uh, Patrick Nix, I think was a freshman at the time, came into the game. Um, threw it up to Frank Sanders, who beat Tommy Johnson, who was in coverage, and pulled it in. And Auburn wound up winning that game. In 95, it was two good teams. Uh, I don't think either one of those teams were great, but they were good. And um, it was a situation where Curtis Brown caught a touchdown that he said he toe-tapped it. There was no instant replay. Pictures showed that he got the foot down. Freddie Kitchens threw the pass. Um, so Auburn wins that game. So Alabama had still never won at, at Jordan-Hare. Uh, and then in 97, Alabama took a team in there that uh, was a not a good team. Mike DeBose's first year, Auburn had a really good team. And Alabama had the ball with the lead. And if they run the ball wind up punting it, Auburn would have had maybe 30 seconds with no timeouts to have to get into field goal position, but you know what happened. Alabama ran a screen, Bruce Arians was the offensive coordinator, great offensive coordinator, became a great NFL Super Bowl winning head coach, but we know what happened. They uh, they ran a screen pass to Ed Sissom. he was hit, he fumbled, Auburn recovered, in Alabama territory, Jared Holmes kicked the field goal to win the game. So you're beginning to think at that point, Alabama's never going to win down there. You know, they were 0-4 and, and had lost four really tough games, two that they should have won, another one they probably could have won. And then finally in 99, they break through and they win with that SEC championship team with Sean Alexander and, and Chris Samuels and Cornelius Griffin and, and that bunch. And then in 01, Fran's first year, they ran Tuberville and company out of the stadium. Um, I want to say it was 34-7, to 7, but, you know, Santonio Beard is still running – but that was the last time Alabama would win. Believe it or not, until Saban got here, they it they blew out Auburn in 2001. But then Auburn won in, in Tuscaloosa and at, at Jordan Hare. They won six in a row, and in 03 down there, that was the run Cadillac run game. Or early in the, you know 2005, honk if you sacked Brody. Uh, 2007, Saban's first year was a close game, but then Saban got here, beat Auburn 36 to nothing at, at Bryant denning in 2008. And then that started, you know, Alabama's run of, of being back in control of the series. 2009, Alabama rallied. You know, had to go... Take it the distance of the field to win that game, uh, to keep their perfect, perfect season alive, their first national championship. That was a tough game. 2011, now Alabama blew them out down there. It's 42-14 and, um, Auburn didn't score an offensive touchdown in the game. They scored on a, a sack in the end zone, uh, fumbled ball, recovered for a touchdown, and then they returned the second half kickoff for a touchdown. Uh, but Trent Richardson ran wild. That was the print that we gave away last week. In fact, I got the, I got, um, um, Hunter, his print of the, the winner from this week. I got it to him yesterday of Trent Richardson running through Auburn, 42 14. Then in 13, we know what happened. Kick six, man. Kept Alabama from winning a third straight national championship and, uh, absolutely just, uh, um, one of the most heartbreaking losses in Alabama history. 2015, Derrick Henry runs wild. Alabama wins that one. But then in 17, Alabama's 11 and 0, Auburn beats them. 2019, Auburn beats Alabama in another game that Alabama you know, probably felt like should have won. Um, that was the game where Mac threw a pick six. Mac Jones was in for Tua, who was out. And then Alabama still controlling the game, and they're down first and goal with the two or three-yard line in the pass to Najee Harris. Uh, there was pressure by Big Cat Bryant. Mac threw it behind him. It got pinned against Najee's back, and the guy re- returned it 100 yards for a touchdown. And then uh, Boulos missed a 30-yard field goal that would have tied it. And then... Uh, you know Alabama got a penalty uh, when they were too many men on the field trying to get the, a punt late in the game and still have a chance to tie or win it and Auburn won that one and then two years ago uh it was uh, a game in which Alabama Auburn played really well under Brian Harson and shut down that Alabama offense with Bryce Young for most of the game of course uh, Jameson Williams had gone out in that game, but then with uh, Alabama down and uh, down by seven. With a minute and something to go on the two yard line with no timeouts, probably took him 98, tied the game and Alabama went in and went, went in triple overtime. So, um, that's the, that's right there in five minutes is the summation of the entire Iron Bowl series from the time it went to Jordan Hare in 1989. And it has been very difficult for Alabama down there. Very difficult. So for Alabama to get in this position to have an opportunity to win out win the SEC championship, and they're going to play for the SEC championship regardless, but to win out and have a chance to get the college football playoff, they're going to have to go into what at times has been a house of horrors. Uh, Alabama fans know it. Auburn fans know it. Um, this is a, a rivalry that, you know, Auburn takes a lot of pride in the fact that since Dye got there in 1981, that. It's been a really even rivalry. You know, they they had to live through the Bryant years. Coach Bryant going 19-6 and against them. And, you know, they still had their moments, obviously, with the punt, Bama punt, and bow over the top. But still, for the most part, Alabama dominated that that rivalry. And, And Auburn was, you know, in some degree, felt second fiddle. They vowed to never let that happen again. And even though Alabama has dominated college football over the last 15 years, um, when Alabama's been at Jordan Hare Stadium, Auburn has held held its own certainly. So, quick—I uh, even know next week's the Iron Bowl. Uh, that was on my mind because it's coming up. And uh, so, tell you what, Noah, if you didn't know the history of the Iron Bowl at Jordan Hare, you know it now. <laughs> I guess I know it. I know it well because I've I've lived through them, right? So I can just I can just rattle them off off the top of my head. All right, it's nine fourteen. Love to hear from you. We got the coach Ellis Johnson coming up at the bottom of the hour. Um, quick note here too in in college football uh, because Jacksonville State's involved, and we'll talk more about this with uh, Jeff Spiegel at ten thirty. But James Madison, Jacksonville State, and Tarleton State had their. Uh, Postseason waiver request rejected by the NCAA on Wednesday. The NCAA Division I Board Administration Committee made the final decision, which echoed the conclusion of the three other committees that met on it. Um, James Madison is ten and o, six and o in the Sun Belt, ranked number eighteen in the latest AP Top Twenty Five poll, and um, they're in. FBS but they're making that transition from FCS to FBS and the l- rule is that you have to have a acclamation year that when you of course you don't expect somebody to come in and be 10 and0 in their first year in FBS the way that James Madison is and Jacksonville State's having a great year and and you know they had hoped for the same thing so those schools had, um, asked the NCAA to reconsider that. I think that there was a lot of hope that the NCAA would, um, you know, would, uh, would change that. But they said the rule is the rule. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, one thing about James Madison is that they do have college game day coming in. So, uh, you know, they've, they've, They've made a lot of noise, and um, it's, um, you know, I, I'm disappointed. I mean, I would like to have seen those schools get an opportunity with some of the schools that uh, will get to, you know, being the postseason are nearly as good. So I'm disappointed for those schools. At the same time, you know, rules are rules, I guess. And uh, I guess that's, you know, you want them to, be turned, but I guess the NCAA said, "heck, man, we got to stay with our rules." Kurt Signetti is the head coach at James Madison. By the way, the former Alabama assistant under coach uh, Saban when when Coach Saban first got here, and so he's done an amazing job. All right, it's nine sixteen. We're off and running. This hour is being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We will take a break and come back with more right here on Tide one hundred point nine FM and twelve thirty AM WTBC.
0: Brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment.
2: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide today. It's daily update on Bama Sports and is brought to you by CBNS Bank. Bank anywhere, at any time, with CBNS Bank's digital solutions. Managing your finances has never been so easy. Hello again everybody, I'm Roger Hoover. On Thursday's edition of Crimson Drive driven by NASCAR at 2pm, we'll be joined by Alabama center Seth McLaughlin. Uh, I think communication's getting a lot better. Um, even throughout the season, we've had some different pieces in there. Now just building chemistry, we've had a few games under our belt the starting five, so uh, we're moving in the right direction. Certainly are. And for you specifically, uh, consistent snaps back to the quarterback, Jalen Milrow, what's led to good consistency there? Uh, just continued work on it. Um, I've switched up my grip a little bit. Just, you know, we've gotten the communication down a little bit better. Uh, just getting on the same page about the procedure, and I think that's really helped. Is it tough to make adjustments like that during the year? Not really. It's you know as a center it's what, what's expected of you and um, you know in the early on in the season I wasn't doing a good enough job but uh, just continued work at it it's gotten better. I'll have more in a moment.
0: CBNS Bank has a long history of stability and a legacy of serving our community's needs for generations. You could say we
2: know a thing or two about tradition. We've been family, community, and financially strong since we began in 1906. Being a team player is part of our culture. That's why at CBNS Bank, we're proud to sponsor the University of Alabama Athletics and prouder to take the field or court with you. Visit cbsbank.com today. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Join us tonight for Hey Coach and the Nick Saban Show, live from Howard's Victory Grill in Tuscaloosa at 6.30 p.m. Central. You can listen to Hey Coach across our radio network, the Varsity Network app, as well as the video stream on the Alabama Athletics social media platforms. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by CBNS Bank. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield.
1: Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and free vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather.
3: Starting off our Thursday morning with some lingering clouds, maybe a little bit of light rain or drizzle, but I think for the most part we're losing the wet weather for a bit. We should see an increase in our sun as the afternoon goes on. Our high temperature rebounding up to 70. For tonight, partly to mostly cloudy, a low near 55 degrees. We have a front zip in our way by Friday afternoon and into early Friday night. And another shot at showers with it, the high 70. Abundant sunshine for the weekend with highs mid-60s both days. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Aramore On Tide, 100.9.
0: It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right,
1: here we are, 921, right back on the Gary Harris Show. And speaking of the Iron Bowl, somebody texted me and said, hey, man, enjoy enjoyed the little quick Iron Bowl history lesson at, at jordan Hare, even though i haven't always enjoyed the results let me say this next week when it's iron bowl week uh, we're going to even be more uh dialed in to uh, the history of this great rivalry not just the games at jordan Hare, but you know i may go back um the first the first iron bowl that i really remember in that i have a direct recollection of and, and you know we moved around as i said before a lot when i was a kid but still you know my dad was from Tallahassee, Alabama, so regardless of where we lived, and he wasn't a huge sports guy, but, you know, Alabama football, he, w- you know, was obviously, you know, somewhat of a fan and Coach Bryant, so I was introduced to it. The first game I remember, Noah, as a kid was the 1971 game. And, uh, we were living at the time. Where were we living? Um, I think we were living, I'm trying to remember exactly where, but I remember watching the game on TV. It was on TV. Uh, I think we were living, not in Mobile, but in that, out in the in the Wilmer area, out in the country. And uh, Johnny Musso ran wild uh, in the 71 game. And then, of course, um, the next year wasn't on television, but that was the punt, a punt game. And so from that time on, I was, you know, I remember, from so going back to 71, I pretty much remember every Iron Bowl. Uh, prior to that, I don't really remember them although i've studied them so but anyway we can we're going to go through iron Bowls. we're going to talk to former players uh we're going to have a big iron bowl week uh because we'll be with you monday through wednesday next week with uh with live shows so we'll we'll have so much iron bowl coverage on all of our shows and then of course obviously thursday uh is thanksgiving and then friday we're going to be out for the holiday as well but monday through uh Monday through Wednesday we're going to we're going to hit it hard on the Iron Bowl. I can promise you that next week. So look forward to that. But I, I do want to say this again and I, you know I'm I'm not you know I'm not silly. Um Alabama's going to win on Saturday. Okay, I I understand that. But I do think it's important how you win in these games. And I do think Chattanooga is a very representative FCS team. And as we've talked about in the past, uh you can get caught off your game here and these things can be more competitive. It was just a few years ago um, that the Citadel was tied with Alabama at the half. And I, I want to say that was only, I don't know, three or four years ago. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't that long ago. And... Um, you know, I'll have to look that up. It's amazing. I remember all these iron Bowls, but I can't remember the Citadel game from just a few years ago. But, um, and I think it's important how you play. You want to keep the positive momentum going. You want to, you want to feel good. You want to get younger guys in in the second half and you want to go ahead and, and get this game over with. You know, good thing about it. It's an early game. You know, at 2.15 on Saturday afternoon, you want to be able to turn your attention to, to the iron bow full speed ahead, you know? And um, that's what that's what you do with this game. If you play well, you have a good vibe. If you if you slop around and and um, turn it over, and you don't look good, and then it you know it just has a you just have a negative vibe uh going into the next game. So hopefully Alabama will be sharp and um, continue to build on the momentum that it's built during the course of the season and that it goes into Jordan Hare next week and it's one of those iron bowls where Alabama goes to Auburn and plays well. Like I said, it's it's been a house of horrors at time but times, but you know, Saban still won down there quite a few times. Like I said, he won down there in oh nine, he won down there in eleven, he won down there in fifteen, he won down there in twenty one. So he's uh He's won down there a few times as well. So that that's what Alabama will be looking to do. But you have to play the game on Saturday before you can play that game. And 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 I'll say this too. And this is not you know trying to get the cart in front of the horse, but Alabama's already made accomplished something that's very difficult to do. And that's that it's won the SEC West and it's clinched it and won the division without, you know, Regardless of what happens in in the in the Auburn game. I mean Alabama's gonna play for an SEC title, and that's something else I like to stress, and you've heard me stress it here on the show. And a lot of people I think have lost, I don't know, because of the starting with the BCS and now certainly with the playoff and then the expanded playoff. I think that the importance of winning the SEC championship has been diminished some, and that's unfortunate to me. Because that is a Steve Spurrier used to say it's harder to win the SEC championship than it is to win the national championship. And he wasn't kidding. Winning an SEC championship is a big deal. You know, two years ago, because Alabama lost to Georgia in the national championship game, that SEC championship, you know, has not been forgotten. But people don't rem- remember what a special accomplishment that was, and to beat Georgia to do it when Georgia was unbeaten, twelve and zero. And, you know, let me say this. Alabama won two national championships without winning the SEC title in 2011 and 2017. And I'm going to tell you on both of them, it bothered me. Even though they won the national championship, it bothered me that Alabama did not get to play for the SEC championship. I mean, that's another thing when I start tracking about all the things that Nick Saban's done. But he's won eight SEC titles. But man alive the ones that they've lost out on with, you know, like I said, heartbreaking victories of an opportunity to play for an SEC championship. And, you know, in, in 2013 and was stripped away because of the kick six. In 2017, 2019, you know, these were teams that were last year. <laughs> you know, these were great teams that didn't even make it to Atlanta. It's hard to not just to win the SEC but hard to even get there it's hard to win the SEC West so let's not let's not take for granted what this team's already accomplished this year to wrap up the west regardless of what happens in the iron bowl that's hard to do like i said it's we've seen we've seen auburn you know rip alabama's heart out uh a couple of times and keep them from going to atlanta Playing for that SEC title. So, anyway. All right, 928. We got the coach coming up in the next segment. Are we going to try to squeeze in a call here? No, or is this Uh, We'll try to get them in real quick if they want to get on. If not, we can. All right, we're going to take a call real quick. Uh, who we got? We got Lewis. All right, Lewis. Thanks, man. Good morning. How are you? Hey, Gary.
4: Love the show. Hey, you know what? Jimbo Fisher needs Alabama credit You How
1: what? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm sure they'd love to have his business. Maybe I can get a message out there to him. you know uh get, you know put some of that some put some of that seventy six point eight million he's about to collect uh in the into the credit union because they'll make it work for him. I promise you that although i I would say this, I don't think you have to have a finance degree. Uh, you just have to have a little bit of common sense. Uh, if you can't, if you can't take this money and set yourself up and your family's up, your family up for the next five or six generations, then you got some issues.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, mean, I think I read this right: twenty six thousand three hundred dollars a day for eight years.
1: Jeez. That's not bad. I man, I don't get me started, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, ring that cash <laughs> register. I mean, it, it's so it's so out of whack. With the real world. And again, I don't, I mean, I don't blame Jimbo Fisher or any of these coaches or their agents, but it's still ridiculous. You have to admit it's ridiculous that you could fail at your job, which is basically what happens when they fire you. They're telling you you failed at your job. You failed to meet the expectations laid out for you in the job description as the head football coach at Texas A&M. But even though you failed, we are going to pay you Every cent. You know, most, first of all, you don't get these kind of contracts in real, the real world. But like I said last week, um, or earlier this week, Lewis, you know, and if, if you've worked at a company 20, 25 years, you know, they work out a plan where you get, uh, you get a one week of severance for however many months or years you've been there. I, I've talked to friends of mine that are in sales and, you know, they were happy that they got, you know, well, I'm getting let go, had cutbacks, but I'm getting, I'm getting 10 months severance or I'm getting 6 months yeah, severance or I'm getting a brutal. year. So. They they were thrilled with that. You know to know that they were going to have income coming in and this guy gets fired and it's like back to brink's truck up. It's unbelievable, man. And and I'm not saying they don't work hard. I'm not I'm not right. saying anything, but it's it it is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous what's happened. And you know a guy like Jimmy Sexton deserves a lot of credit because he is and I heard um Jack crow talking about it with wimpenberry this morning he's able to he's like the the you know the the puppet master, man. He he represents so many coaches in this league. I can't even keep up with all of them. And he's letting you know he's got people calling this guy to try to get this guy raised, get this guy's name. in. it's almost a conflict of interest. But in coaching and in coaching contracts, anything goes. And the more, the merrier. And you know, people I forget know. that Jimbo. You know, even after uh, the ma- amazing contract he got, he got extended. And that Ross Bjork, the AD out there, uh when's somebody going to hold him accountable? But. Anyway, don't get me started. I got get a break. I got Ellis Johnson coming up, so we got to move on quickly, Lewis. Uh, well, All right, man. Thank you. I'm sorry. I cut Lewis off. Lewis called in, I, but he he brought up Jimbo Fisher, and it just, it's just, you know, it is it's what it going. is. All right, let's get to the break. We'll come back with the coach Ellis Johnson next, right here on the Gary Hare Show.
0: money uh, national championship team covering a national championship team the best sports talk in the state tide 100.9 and streaming on the tide 100.9 app
1: it's time for the show Joe johnson right here on the jury here at show 933 here on the program and uh, we love as I said earlier in the show just to have an opportunity to pick coach Johnson's brain every week is a, is a pleasure for me and I know uh, some of you the feedback I've gotten from you folks you love hearing him break it down from a coach's perspective and this conference is is something else and as we wind it down for another season um, some some big games this week uh, this is usually a weekend where there's just nothing to be offered, but the SEC for television purposes coach wanted to make sure that this this week, before the final weekend of the regular season has some good games and we do now we've got some of the the you know the Alabama Chattanoogas and and the Auburn New Mexico states and those types as well. but we got some good games this weekend as well. Good morning, coach. how are you?
5: Good morning, Garrett. Unfortunately, there was some good matchups last week, but they ended up uh, a little more lopsided than I thought they would. And then this week, as you said, there are a couple of good matchups, but a lot of out of confidence.
1: Yeah, there's still some of those Seems kind like of games, too. But let's get to last week, and, and uh, let's start with Alabama because you could you could see this coming. And uh, you and I talked earlier in the season, and we both agreed that this this was going to be a pretty good football team uh, come November. It was could they get to the November? And make November matter. And they were able to do that. And now they're rolling. I mean, they went into Lexington and I one of those Alabama teams from, you know, a few years ago, it was 21 nothing before you got in your, you know, gotten chair and seat with your hot dog and, and probably would have gotten worse except from, you know, Kool-Aid McKenzie muffing a pump, but still 49 21. Jalen Milro ran for three. He threw for three. He did have the one bad interception when he made a bad decision. Instead of just stepping out of bounds, he tried to throw back and make a play, but uh, Alabama was pretty dominant in that game. Coach, what'd you see?
5: Yeah, and more so than I expected him to be uh, on the road. But uh, it's a continuation of what we talked about. When Coach Saban did what he did at South Florida and everybody thought he was losing his mind, and the way he handled that young man, I think, was the absolute main key to what this season has become because he you know, he let him know from a personal standpoint, you, you're not more important than the team. And he let the team know from a from a football standpoint We'll find a way to win with or without him. And and the improvement that kid's made is just unbelievable. And they feel, they figured out what he is. I mean, he, he doesn't throw every ball well, but he throws some better than anybody in the country. And he just can kill you with his feet. Uh, so it just it's a tough job now to stop them. The other thing I think has been really important, Gary, their turnovers and penalties have been steadily going down. And I think they're just a heck of a lot better football team now than they were. Two months
1: ago. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, um, you, you watch them play. You've been in this situation at at this school at Alabama, at other schools where you, um, you know, you've got an opportunity to play for the big prize potentially, but you've got to get through a, a game this weekend, uh, against, you know, and chattanooga's a real, you know, you know, the Southern Conference, you know, the tradition of that school. That's a good, Good team, a good FCS team. They're, they're very close to being unbeaten in their league. They lost heartbreakers to Western Carolina and to Furman and uh, lost a game to North Alabama early in the year. Uh, They're going to come in here and they're going to represent themselves, but this is a game that you know, you're just trying to get through it in senior day to get to the iron bowl next week. From a coaching perspective, if you're Nick Saban and the Alabama staff, what are you looking exactly to get out of this game? Just no injuries? Is it as simple as that? Are you are you looking to play young guys or are you looking to see how your team responds now that they have, you know, gotten themselves in position to play for an SEC championship, just to see how they come out and play in this game? What from a coaching perspective, give us some insight. If you're coaching Alabama this week, what's the message?
5: Yeah, well, you just hit several of the points. And I can promise you they're coaching them as hard every day as they have in any other week because sometimes the players, they've got some good leadership on this team. The players uh, just don't, you know, they don't have that ability to practice that hard looking at an opponent like Chattanooga. It's human nature. But I think what they, you know, as a coach, what I always kind of looked at it if we were that good and, and had this kind of game and an important game the next week and an even maybe more important game the next week, this needs to be one more excellent practice session. And and I don't mean by taking them light. Uh, you you want to be able to play some players. You don't want to have to leave starters out there the whole time because you slopped around early in the game. Uh, you want to make sure you're a better football team when you come off the field Saturday evening than you were a week ago. And you don't need to lose any momentum because you're going in a couple of pretty tough matchups, Auburn on the road and Georgia in the SEC. So I, I think, you know, they they won't have a slip-up. I just hope that they don't get a player hurt, and I hope that they can play guys, get them off the field at a reasonable time in a game, and get some other players some experience because they may need them down the road.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um... You mentioned the the couple of the games getting more lopsided than you expected, Alabama, Kentucky, and gosh, I guess that's what great teams programs do. Uh, you know, Kirby has has got Georgia at the top for a reason, and they answered the bell against Ole Miss, and and not to mention Brock Bowers, their star tight end, with people telling him he should just sit it out. Not only did he come back, he 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 fought to come back quicker than anybody expected, and caught a touchdown in the game. I just, I'm like you, I, I know you're you're gonna touch on this, but what Georgia was able to do to Ole Miss uh, 52-17, I mean, it just, I think, reminded us of of what this Georgia team is all about.
5: Yeah, Georgia and Alabama are starting to play up the level that they can play and they both had their bumps in the road during the course of the season and ended up winning games based on the fact they just had some better players at critical times. But now they're both playing very complete football in all three phases and uh, even some of the better teams in the league and the two teams they just whacked. I mean, they're decent, really good, solid teams, especially old miss. And they, it was just, it wasn't even a ball game after about 30 minutes, but you know, it happened LSU to Florida and I know Florida's struggling this year, but LSU rolled up a ton of points Missouri, just embarrassed Tennessee and then Auburn putting 48 on Arkansas, uh, Texas A&M who just lost their coach with 51 on well, Mississippi State and in South Carolina, it's a very average team this year, they put up forty-seven. So it was just a crazy weekend. But Alabama and Georgia are separated themselves from the pack, and they are really playing their best football games right down of year.
1: Yeah, they, they they really are. I want to touch on a couple other matchups from last week. Well, it was a, it was a good weekend because it was all SEC versus SEC. Uh But I, I want to get to A and M and Mississippi State because of the bigger story, and and um, and that's the. I don't know that I've ever seen a game where uh, both coaches got fo- got fired following the game. Uh Both the coach that lost it and the coach that won it. I mean, that's where we're at now with this league and college football. But A&M uh, in the Battle of Maroons pounded Mississippi State 51-10. to It was A&M's best game of the year. Uh, and yet, Fisher got fired a- after the game. So uh, just... And then, of course, Zach Arnett got fired too. Just a weird deal there with that game and what happened with those coaches? What do you make of it? Yeah,
5: yeah, it did come out in the media that XAM met before the game or earlier the previous day and had made the decision right. but I don't think he was informed but uh, that, that would be the main thing is that he wasn't informed. I, I don't know. mister State's been struggling all year. They, they had two reasonable wins, you know, that they were able to play well enough. I feel bad for, for the guy. I don't like seeing his fire, you know, having been a coach but uh, they put Zach Arnett in an almost impossible situation, and I think he deserved more than one
1: year. Yeah, me too. Now, I mean, my gosh. The, the days
5: of the portal, uh, you know, it's just, if it starts going the wrong direction, Gary, it can snowball, and you can turn it almost as quick because of all this portal stuff now. So I guess that gets into their decisions. Uh, signing dates have been moved up. Uh, if you wait till the end of the year, it can put the next coach in a bind and he loses a recruiting class. Mm -hmm. Or he misses on three or four portal guys that could have really helped him. So if you're going to make the the decision to to make a change, I don't have a fault with when they did it. I just hate to see it. And I I know for a fact Jimbo's a great coach. I've had the unfortunate coach against him too often. And we all know he's a great coach. But it was stuck in neutral. I don't know why. I keep putting my finger on it. They recruited well. I know he's a good football coach. But he couldn't get over that hump. Couldn't get to the SEC championship game even as a, as a, a participant, much less win it. And they, they're putting a ton of money in there and they expect to play for championships every other year or every two or three years at least.
1: You know, Coach, it is uh, – back to the Zach Arnett situation because, as you said, tough deal with, with Coach Lee's passing. Um, but I'm with you a little bit in that, you know, I know people said, well – you had to give him the job, but you didn't have to give him the job. If you give him the job, what this tells me is you never believed he could do the job in the first place. I mean, I mean, you're going to let him go after uh, 10 games of his first season. You should have just went ahead and, and named him the interim through the bowl game and, and, and got you a coach in there because you didn't believe that he could get it done in the first place is what this tells me. If you're going to fire a guy after 10, 10 games – isn't that what it tells you? As well, we get we went ahead and gave him the job, but we didn't think he could do it. Because if you thought he, if you really thought he was the guy, you would give him another year at least to have a chance to, to show what he could do.
5: Absolutely. And I, you know, if you go back, I don't know the exact same timeline, but we were, were dealing with turnover in athletic director position. I think he was hired by an interim. Uh, if not, it was very soon thereafter. So the administrative level above him. Was in turmoil. Good
1: point. And trust
5: me, I've been through that before. So, uh, you know, before he even coached his first game in the fall, he had a different athletic director. It may have been a different president. I'm not sure, but it's just, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's been a chaotic situation. Unfortunately, with the, the death of Mike, that started it all, but uh, somebody didn't get very control, this control of it and had any vision, if you ask me. And I, again, I don't know if they should have given him the job. But when they did, I agree with you. They did not give enough
1: opportunity to do the job. When you look at Billy Napier in Florida, um, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be back. But next year, he's going to be under the gun because uh, they have not done this year record-wise what they had hoped. And even though they scored 35 at LSU, and you know we're in that game, it was a great game. Uh, at the end of the day, they gave up 52 and gave up over 700 yards of offense. Um, and we know how good Jaden Daniels is, but, you know, what did you make of, of Florida's effort in that game? They played hard, but I, they you know, they just, is it just a talent issue with that team? What, what you know, I, I expected a little more out of them this year, to be honest with you.
5: That's all I can say. I guess talent, I don't know. I'm, I'm very partial toward him. He was actually a college quarterback. My first head coaching job Citadel coached against him his senior year. It was a, he was the same kind of player the was a coach. Very no nonsense, tough, heady, knew the game of football. Billy's a heck of a football coach too. And uh, it, this kind of surprises me, but I think he walked into a chaotic situation and the roster, maybe not as good as it was, but I think he had to get the personnel turned around as far as attitudes. Uh, they had a locker room that was in disarray when he walked in. Uh, I know he can get the job done, but it has puzzled me how inconsistent they are. If there's one thing he's always been in his football life it's consistent. And he's got a heck of a recruiting class on paper right now. And if he can hold it together, they'd be smart to get behind him and just move forward. Uh, they might not have, probably not even get in the bowl this year. They're going to have to upset Florida State probably getting the bowl. But, uh, you know, either way, I think they need to stay the course and, uh, he has this type of recruiting class that he has going on
1: right now, uh, he'll get it turned, and they'll be as good as they were in the past. The coach, Ellis Johnson, with us. Uh, Missouri and Tennessee was an interesting game, and not only because, you know, um, two pretty good teams, but these are two of the modern coaches with Drinkwitz and Heupel. You know, it was a little chippy going into the game. It was chippy during the game, a little chippy after the game. But Mizzou, you know, they've got a, a loss at home against LSU that I know they they felt like they should have won that game, and of course, they lost at Georgia in the fourth quarter. So this is a team that's not too far removed from having a chance to be undefeated, but they laid it on Tennessee thirty
5: six to seven. Yeah, I, I think the the job that Drinkwitz has done this year is as good as anybody in the comp. In fact, I just sent my ballot in yesterday and, and voted as such. Uh, they, you know, they didn't just beat Tennessee; they beat them in complete fashion. I mean, this this high powered offense. It, 83 yards rushing, and that's where they'd really been making the difference on the ground, because so the quarterback had been so inconsistent. But only 15 first downs. I mean, it just—it was a complete, complete victory, and uh, a little bit surprising to me how, how much it was uh, the margin of the score and everything. But I mean, they put 530 yards on them. Tennessee has been a much improved defense this year. I just don't think you can say enough about Eli and the job he's done at Missouri. And I think his administration's got some things going in the NIL. They've decided they want to compete in this conference. And for one of the schools that is not considered to be one of the top half jobs, they're, they're playing with the big boys and doing a good job of it. You know, I, I don't know whether he's got Cooks back again this next year, but the way he developed him, he'll develop another one whenever he does have to. But I, that was a huge, huge win, I think. And like I said, they've had two very disappointing wins against teams that were better better than they were,
1: but I think to play LSU today, they'd probably beat LSU. And as far as South Carolina and Vanderbilt are concerned, I, I don't know much that can be said. South Carolina needed a lopsided sided win, and, and when you need a lopsided win, Vanderbilt's usually the, the, the tonic, and, and the Gamecocks got it done 47-6, to 6, and, and with the way it's gone lately for Beamer, I mean, you don't take anything for granted, and it um, was a fun day for the Gamecocks. Yeah,
5: I mean, that to be to go through what they've been through recently and still get out there and play the, the way they did. And I know Vanderbilt is not a good football team this year, but uh, that was still a good win for them. And they improved in some areas that they had been playing very poorly. And hopefully, you know, they could, uh, you know, get up and play another good game. They got Kentucky and they got to, uh, you know, they got to beat Kentucky and Clemson now back to back, even to get in a bowl. Game. So probably not likely. But they're certainly playing well enough, playing hard enough. They could, could pull off upsets in both of them and, and get back to a bowl game. If he wins a bowl game, he wins eight games. But that would be fantastic, you know, for what they, what they've been through in the middle of the year.
1: And speaking of good tonic, uh, Auburn got through that tough stretch where they didn't win a game, uh, in the SEC, but, uh, then they caught, uh, they caught, Mississippi State, Vandy, and Arkansas. And and give Auburn credit, they took advantage. Uh, they won those three games, to get a lot of momentum, and and they just uh, absolutely destroyed the Hogs in Fayetteville. I'm not surprised they won the game. I'm surprised they won it 48-10, to 10, Coach. Yeah,
5: no question about it. I mean, they've been somewhat similar just on a lower scale to Alabama. They they found out what they had at quarterback. They finally know what he can do, what he can't do. And he had a really good game. He, he's playing well. He's playing within his abilities. They've been solid on defense all year. Uh, they've got a prep game this week too. New Mexico getting ready for Alabama. Got them at home. I know this sounds crazy, Gary. They're, they're going to be a tough matchup for Alabama because of the particular strength and weaknesses each team has. They've got a shot to make it a tough game uh, as, as well as they're playing on defense and if the quarterback, you know, can, can take care of the football. They'll have a chance to make that, that last game a decent game.
1: Oh no doubt, and next week we'll dive full speed in. In fact, Coach, uh, I hope uh, with it being Thanksgiving that you can join us on Wednesday. Is that a possibility next week?
5: That'll be that'll be great. I, right. I do have. Uh do a podcast, but I, I could move it. Well, I'll text you.
1: We'll, we'll we'll work on the time, but see, you know, you're you're one of the few people that coached in this game on both sides, so that I definitely want to get you on uh, on uh, next week to preview the Iron Bowl for sure. So we'll I'll I'll I'll, I'll get right. in touch with you and we'll work out a time for sure. All right, let's get uh, because we only got a couple more minutes left. Let's do get to um, some of these these games that are coming up. We already mentioned Alabama and Chattanooga. We're not going to waste our time on any more of these directional games. But let's get to the, the Tennessee. Georgia game because, you know, Alabama's still got to go through Auburn and, and you know, they're going to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. And I think most of us obviously think Georgia will win this game, but it's not one of these just, you know, you're not playing directional state here. You're going to Neyland Stadium. Tennessee's going to be highly motivated. Is there any chance of an upset here? The only team that can
5: win that game is Georgia. They, they can beat Georgia or they can beat Tennessee, but Tennessee, after the way they played against Missouri, yeah. I. I think it just wasn't a bad game. I think some of their strengths and weaknesses have been exposed, and I, I think Georgia's way too complete team, and they're too mature to go on the road and play for it. Uh, they can't sleepwalk, obviously, but I, I really expect them to probably have a huge day on defense and, and have no trouble with Tennessee.
1: You mentioned Kentucky and South Carolina. Uh, this is a big game for these two head coaches, I think.
5: Yeah, no question. It's developed it's in a little bit of a rivalry over the years, speaking back through two, three coaches. And it's been a very hard-fought, tight game about every time they play. Uh You know, it, like I said, Carolina cannot get to a bowl game unless they win this game. And then they got to beat Clemson. Uh, Arkansas, excuse me, Kentucky has solidified a bowl game. I think they've been playing a little bit better over the course of the year. But I, I think it's a one-point game or something, maybe a pick or whatever this, It'll be a tough ball game. Carolina's got them at home, and got it at night, and I think the crowd will help them quite a bit. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I think that their defense is good enough with Kentucky quarterback, they might can upset them.
1: And Florida and Missouri, we talked about Napier. Boy, I tell you what, now they they still got to go to Tallahassee to play Florida State. But as far as the conference is concerned, um, they go into Mizzou. Mizzou better be on. Coming off that Tennessee win, they better not be too, uh, you know, impressed with themselves because Florida will come in there with an opportunity to, to, you know, do something. I mean, I, I think Missouri obviously is favored and should be, but do you see any shot for Florida here?
5: I mean, it was a shot. I mean, they got good enough SEC players, for in their lineup, pull off an upset. You just, you know, we talked about Missouri earlier and he just had them ready to play every week and, and just say one game. In different ways every week and, and lost some games. They had a shot to win against great football teams. So I just don't see it, but Florida is playing for their life. I mean, they have to win this game to have a chance to play Florida state to get their number, you know, get in their bowl game. They got to win one of these two ball games to get six wins.
1: And the last game I want to ask you about is interesting to me, having worked in that state. And I know it's interesting to you, having coached at both of these schools. And that's Southern Miss and Mississippi State. I give Mississippi State credit for playing USM. Old Miss won't do it anymore. But all of a sudden, USM's had a horrible year, but they've, they found a little something in the last couple of weeks. Mississippi State is in a chaotic situation. Uh, Bulldogs better get themselves ready to play this week because you do, as bad as it's gotten for Mississippi State, you don't want to lose this one at home, do you?
5: No, and I mean, I- Three weeks, four weeks ago, I would have told you it was a you know prep game for the Ole Miss game. This week, because of what's happened with the head football coach and all the turmoil going on there, and just like you said, two of the three wins Southern Miss has had has been in the last two three weeks. They're playing with a little bit of confidence now, and you know they they can't win but four games this year or five, but they they will definitely come in ready to play. And if they've got you know they don't have as good of players. But if they, you know, if they play well and stay sleepwalking, it could be a terrible upset.
1: Coach, listen, I took you right up against the the clock. I got to go. But, man, great stuff. And I'll get in touch with you. We'll figure out something for Wednesday. Look forward to it, Gary. Thank you. All right, 9.55. We'll take a break. Come back and wrap up this first hour right after this. Built
0: to win. Touchdown, Alabama. Built for championships. Those
1: intercepted,
0: Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide play here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on the Chattanooga Mucks. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham
1: Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com You can be a winner too. Los Tarasco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Las Tarasco's with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. i
0: 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather.
3: Starting off our Thursday morning with some lingering clouds, maybe a little bit of light rain or drizzle, but I think for the most part we're losing the wet weather for a bit. Should see an increase in our sun as the afternoon goes on, our high temperature rebounding up to 70. For tonight, partly to mostly cloudy, a low near 55 degrees. We have a front zip in our way by Friday afternoon and into early Friday night, and another shot at showers with it, the high 70. Abundant sunshine for the weekend with highs mid 60s both days. I'm meteorologist, Jennifer Naira Moore. On tide, 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Go Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: All right, got to close it out fast. We went over that uh, interview with Coach Ellis Johnson, but great stuff. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Hour number two, the Gary Harris Show is on the way, right here on Tide 100.9 FM at 12:30 a.m. WTBC.
0: Here's Monty
2: Bolaños. Week 11 of the NFL kicks off tonight as the Ravens host the Bengals in an AFC North showdown. Bengals receiver T. Higgins is out with a hamstring injury, and defensive end Sam Hubbard will miss the game with an ankle problem. Baltimore will be without tackle Ronnie Stanley and cornerback Marlon Humphrey is doubtful with a calf injury. USA Today reports that MLB owners voted today and unanimously approved the Oakland A's potential move to Las Vegas. This is. MLB's first relocation since 2005 and only second since 1972, the A's are expected to play in a variety of sites after the Oakland Coliseum lease expires after the 2024 season, including at the San Francisco Giants ballpark and Summerlin, Nevada at the A's triple A site. NBA on Wednesday night. The Sacramento Kings beat the L.A. Lakers 125
0: to 110. live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom.
3: A Tuscaloosa city councilman has been charged with a misdemeanor this week alleging that he willfully failed to file sales tax for one of his businesses last year according to court records obtained by the Tuscaloosa Thread. You can read more about that now at TuscaloosaThread.com and you can tap the free Tuscaloosa Thread app about the police raid and the closing of Palace Bingo Hall in Greene County today. And residents of the West Tuscaloosa community celebrated Thanksgiving early this year at the McDonald Hughes Center yesterday for a free delicious Thanksgiving meal. It was all part of the second annual community Thanksgiving dinner.
4: For the
0: latest local news in Tuscaloosa Bama Sports Updates and severe weather information download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show, UCM host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports and sports director for WPUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: All right, here we go. Hour number two, the Gary Harris Show, right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. We're going to get the phone calls here in just a moment. Gary Harris, Noah Haynes, back with you. But this hour, the program, I have to tell you, is being brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law, local personal injury attorneys right here in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Feet on the ground, seeing you all the way through. Even if you go to court, they'll be right there with you the entire way. That is worth a lot to me. You can find Paul in Tuscaloosa and reach him at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. Remember, Patterson Comer is committed to serving our clients and that does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Find out more at pattersoncomerlawfirm.com
2: is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers.
1: we got my pal, Jess Beagle, coming up at 1030 this morning. We're going to get to some Nick Saban clips from uh, yesterday's uh, press conference following practice. But right now, we're going to jump out on the first and main condos hotline and welcome in my good friend, Tom. Hey, Tom.
4: Morning, Gary. How are you today?
1: Doing well. Oh, I I doing okay. I'm I'm battling, you know, there's some stuff going around and I woke up the last three mornings with it, uh even woke up about four this morning, just <clears throat> mouth was so dry, had all that phlegm in my throat and uh Right. So but I'm battling, I've been on the vitamin C, the vitamin D, uh, so I'm trying to trying to fend it off, man.
4: You never did go get that honey, did you?
1: I have not gotten it, no. That's a mistake.
4: You know what? I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to bring it over there, and I'm going to put it on your desk.
1: Please do that. Do that. I will. You should do that. You don't
4: think I'll do it. No, I want you to do it. it, That'll
1: probably be the only way that I'll I'll actually get it.
4: (laughs) And you know what? When you feel something coming on, if you would take that, and in your industry, you can't afford to have voice trouble and stopped up and all that. If you would just listen to me, and try to get along with me a little bit. I would try to keep you in good health.
1: Well, I, uh, I listened to you and I had good intentions. I just never got around to to doing it. But I'll tell you this if you, if you bring it to me, I would definitely take it.
4: <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to. All right. And, good. uh, uh, anyway, uh, first chance I get, I'm going to do it. Uh, it may be during the, uh, thanksgiving holidays what, what's your schedule will you be will the
1: tv station yeah i'll uh, be through uh, monday through wednesday here and then uh monday through wednesday plus friday at the tv station i'll be off here thursday oh, you'll be, and friday you your um, work friday yeah i'll be working friday before the iron Bowl tv station yeah
4: what about on air here
1: no monday through wednesday here yeah
4: No, nobody's gonna be on air on friday no because it's
1: it's you know it's not just as simple as us doing our shows it's you got to have somebody to run you know noah has been working long long days oh yeah and he wants to yeah, go out yeah, of town for thanksgiving so sure. we're going to do live shows monday through wednesday as i said earlier we'll hammer the iron bowl for three straight days but we won't have live shows on thursday and friday okay all right
4: well i understand that you're right noah's been Good Lord, he gets yeah, to the been, he's, been,
1: he's been just about working everybody. So it, it's it, you know, and it, it's for him uh, because we're shorthanded a little bit right now as far as the control room is concerned. And for him to go out of town on Thursday and then have to turn around and be back up here at six o'clock or before six o'clock on Friday morning, yeah, I that wouldn't be fair to I him. Agree. So it's not it's not just about us doing our shows. It's about so yeah. So appreciate you understanding that, Tom. But yeah, I'll be here oh, through yeah. I'll be here through Wednesday.
4: Yeah, and, uh, and Noah, this is Tom. Uh, I hope you have a good break and get rested up. But Jerry, I, I'm calling in about uh, something that I wanted to talk to you about. Do you believe that there's a large contingent of coaches and football people that when uh, Jimbo got fired, they were like, yes. Yeah, you had that coming, and you deserve to be fired. Do you believe
1: that? I think there are some. I, I, I think that I think Jimbo Fisher, I'll be honest with you, uh, even after Wade ended at Florida State, I still think he was very highly respected and liked uh, for the most part among his coaching peers. And I think that a lot of people felt like that Texas A&M – did make a home run higher. Let me say this about A&M because it's easy to pile on now. And I do think that was a stupid contract. And, and now people are saying, well, you can't give out that kind of contract unless you. You know, you you get the guy. You get you get you get him. Well, when they hired Jimbo Fisher, they thought he was him. I mean, he was only one of a handful of coaches that had won a national championship. They thought they got. In fairness to them, they thought they got their guy. Okay, and and most people did. Uh, I was always a little skeptical because I watched how it went down at Florida State and and how it ended. And I thought, you know, he's a good coach. I'm not sure he is. You know. Because winning a national championship is, you and I have discussed, Tommy, They can never take it away from you, man. They can never take Larry Coker's away, or Ed Orgeron's away, or Jimbo Fisher's away. And it does, it does separate you. Winning, uh, but it doesn't mean you're a great coach. Um, there are great, there are better coaches that have never won one. Now, if you're really, really a great coach, you want to have a national championship on your resume. There's no doubt about it. But. I think they thought they had their guy when they hired him, but I do think over the course of his tenure at A&M, uh, he rubbed people the wrong way. He, he you know, that quirkiness and that fast talking and, and, you know, it just kind of became, uh, and then of course, you know, had a few dust ups here and there. I, yeah. I think there are some people that's, that said, man, you're overrated. You, you kind of became kind of, uh, peculiar, and yeah, we're glad to see you get yours. Now, the problem is, even if that's the way you feel, I mean, he's still you, you still aren't getting, nobody's getting anything over on Jimbo Fisher now, man. He's laughing all the way to the bank. Like we said, you know, like uh, Lewis called in, he's making $26,000 a day, Tom. So he's not, he's not, I don't think he really cares what you think of it. Well, that may be. That may be. But from and, a coaching uh, standpoint, he failed, and I'm sure that does bother him. And I think we'll see him coaching again. I do. Coach is coach.
4: Well, all that's well and good. I'm talking about stuff, uh, peripheral. And, uh,
1: yeah, I think there's some people. To answer your question, yeah, I think there are some coaches that are saying, good, he got his. Yeah, I do think there are some that are, that are saying that.
4: Jimbo, Jimbo, this is Tom. When you want to pop off, Ernest T. Bass, (laughs) when you want to pop off, you better not pop off about the goat. You better stay out of Coach Saban's path. Because let me tell you something. God's a Bama fan, and you don't pop off about his guy. Now, I heard this with my own ears. A very prominent Alabama broadcast member said that he was not going to lose any tears over the fact that Jimbo got fired. And he knew for a fact that there was several coaches Money or no money or anything to do with money or anything else. So, you know what? he got just dessert.
1: Yeah, I just told you I thought there were some people that felt that way. I, I agree. No, I'm talking about a bunch of them. You said one or two. Eh, I don't know that I, I would agree that there's a bunch. I, but maybe so.
4: But I heard that with my own ears, and I wanted to call in. And, uh, and, and what you said is true. And uh, but I'm gonna go back on that national championship talk you did, and I tell you this right here: you gotta give that trophy to Jeremy Pruitt because until Pruitt got there, they could not figure out defense. And when Jeremy Pruitt left, they quit figuring out defense.
1: I got you, Tom. <laughs> and now and now Jeremy Pruitt's not coaching either. So.
4: Well, you can say what you want to, but he did what he did while he was down there. And he did it
1: well enough that Mark Riggs thought he could help him in Georgia. Oh, Jeremy Pruitt's a good defensive coordinator. I'm going to sit there and tell you you otherwise.
4: The way way events work.
1: But it's going to be interesting, again, with Jimbo Fisher. I had some people tell me, well, he'll probably, uh, you know, there's no reason for him to work again, but he'll work again. I mean, you know, he might sit out next season. I got a
4: feeling that he's going to probably move over to Mountain Brook or Homewood. And uh, he'll be going to some Sanford games. I think his son committed to Sanford to
1: kick. Yeah, I might for a year or so. I, I still think you'll see him coaching again. I mean, I just think again. I people always say, "Why do they get back in it?" Because they love it. Coaches coach. It's what they do, man. And you you see guys.
4: Well, why that, wouldn't you get back in it? You know, you stand a chance to win in the. Uh, Coaching lottery twenty six thousand dollars a day for the rest of your life, and
1: and no matter how much you uh, plus you know what he can take a job he can take his next job without any thought process That's about right. money. You got to worry about no house
4: payment.
1: No, so if he <laughs> wants to take a job at one of these schools where he just you know you know I don't know what's going to happen over at West Virginia, but obviously he's a West Virginia native, and and uh, you know if that job were to ever open up, there might be some jobs that are good jobs, but they're not the pressure cooker of the of the Southeastern Conference that he might look at uh, at taking one of those jobs, but but we'll see. Oh, I but, think
4: so. I I think that that's a real possibility that uh, uh, West Virginia would definitely kind of fit, wouldn't it? For all the reasons you just said, but anyway, I thought I'd bring that up. I thought it'd be interesting, but uh, I didn't know you loved Jimbo so
1: much. I don't love Jimbo at all. In fact, Jimbo gets <laughs> on my gets on my nerves. I'm just my saying. Nerves. I think he was pretty well liked, Tom. <laughs> when he when he got to to a and m but I think he has you know there's some people you're right i think I think there's some people that are saying, man glad you got I don't yours. think the guy that I heard say that would
4: not dare make that statement unless
1: he could back it up all right uh see ya but, all right buddy thanks all right uh it's ten thirteen here right. on the Gary Harris right. show, and I uh, want to mention to you that uh, tomorrow is Bama football trivia, which means we're going to give away another terrific prize from T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. I'll get it out on social media this evening, what we're giving away, but it'll be phenomenal. And I want to remind you, too, that next Friday, the Black Friday sale at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall includes everything. I said yesterday I knew it included menswear. I didn't know if it included all that incredible Alabama football, one-of-a-kind collection of memorabilia, but it does. If you buy anything in the store, uh, let's say you buy a suit at full price, you get the next one at half price. Same thing with a tie. Same thing with a belt, and the same thing with Alabama football met- merchandise. In other words, if you buy, if you buy something at full price, you get the next item at half price, as long as it is in line with the item that you bought. In other words, you can't buy something, uh, you know, for for ten dollars. And then want to buy a $100 item and get it at half price. You know what I'm saying. It, but anything that you buy, get the next item at half price next Friday. That's the Black Friday. Thanksgiving Day sale coming up at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the Hell University yeah. Mall and tomorrow, Bama football trivia. No, will you, will you want to chime in there? Hell yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> just now heard that. I missed it the first time. <laughs> yes, sir. I like that. All right. 1015. We'll take a break. Speaking of the man that just uttered that phrase, we will hear from Coach Nick Saban from Wednesday evening's press conference. We'll have those clips for you coming up next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Hell yeah. When you switch to Boost Mobile, you can get a free Samsung Galaxy.